record the sermons and have them online. Our, our scripture comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And some will say, well, that's not the Easter message. Well, really, it kind of is. Where have we been all week? Uh, we've gone through, if you've kept up with the liturgy and the reading, Thursday, uh, we just jumped to Thursday. This was the last week of Jesus' life. Every day he comes back and forth, comes in and out of Jerusalem. Of course, Thursday was Passover meal. He ate the meal. Thursday night, he's arrested. Thursday, uh, Friday morning, he is crucified. Friday at noon, he dies. Friday at 3, he is removed from the cross and is buried. He spends Friday afternoon, Saturdays in Hades. And then he is risen again on Sunday morning. We were at sunrise service this morning. We read Luke 24 that he is risen. He is risen. And so we were to us in the church, in the liturgy of the church, we're a little bit past. He is risen. Liz, start. Where'd Liz go? Just when you need her, she's gone. All right. Put one in my truck, Liz. Oh, <laughs> but uh, Liz started this morning. This is what we're going to talk about. First Corinthians starts about the power. When you look at the cross, what is the number one? Not all churches put the cross. We won't go into the liturgical or the theory on that. We'll look at the cross. Number one for us in this church, and a lot of the churches like this, it's brass or gold color. It's actually meant to be gold, but gold color. Why is it? What do you see when you see the cross? And this is really the answer that has to be answered. And the sermon's actually inspired. Tammy and I, as you all know, we've worked the walk to Emmaus, and we're working with young people in the walk to Emmaus, college-age kids, and seems like these college-age girls. And so I was doing something one day, and one of these college kids comes up to play the guitar, and they get done. But most of the congregation is an older congregation. And I thank the young lady for playing and, and, and everything else. And I, and I sat there, and I said, well, maybe I can invite you back, and you, know, you can come back another time and play. And, and I thought she was a little forward with me. She said, I don't know if I'd be back. And she said, those people didn't move, they didn't sing, they didn't do nothing, they just stared at me. It was like they were dead. Well, now, for a minute there, but she doesn't understand, for us that are older... When we went to church, we were furniture, were we not? Don't be seen and not, not heard. And that's the way we were raised. And it's hard for us, it's hard for me, when I go to a charismatic-style church or a church with a lot of praise and worship, it's hard for me to do anything but stand there with my hands in my pocket because that's what I was taught as a child. You know, And somebody said, Larry, you didn't like that? Oh, I loved it. But you didn't move. So I understand why some of us don't move. Some of us are just dead. Uh, we'll cover there. And so I go along, and then I later on, and somebody thought I was rude to the young lady. I says, well, until you get your heart right, I won't invite you back. Let me read the scripture to you, and then we're going to discuss the meaning of the cross. First Corinthians chapter 18, for the message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing, but for who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. 
Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request the signs, Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But those who are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ and the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. This is the word of God for the people of God. So back to my story. One of the things I had to learn in ministry when I got into ministry, this is just a quick story. I retired on my birthday, March 15th, from the Air Force. I actually still got a paycheck for a little while longer. But I knew I was getting my first appointment uh, in June. And, and so there I am, I, I'm there, and I was going to show those people that I am the next Jay Leno slash Charles Stanley. And I preached that first sermon, and it went horribly wrong. Horribly, horribly wrong. And when I come to realize, it makes the story the, the right link because I did this many times. It took me a while to get to where I'm at today. I was preaching for the approval of the congregation. I realized through mentorship and other things going on in life that I am preaching to the wrong people. So I come today not to give you a message. Yes, you're here, and hopefully you'll get something out of the message. I come out of obedience to my God that's in heaven, Jesus, that asked me to come and preach these words, and I do it for him. If you listen, great. If you have ears, let me let them hear. But if you don't, that's nothing on me, because I come to share the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. I didn't come here today for you. I come here today because my Father has sent me here. And I come to deliver a message to him. You just happen to be here to get to receive it too. That sounds arrogant. But it's not. The choir, and Tam, and I know Tammy plays this way, but the choir, why do you sing? Do you sing for the approval of the people? Or do you sing to praise God and give God all the praise and the glory? We come today in the church not to be seen, not to be heard, not to be anything else, but we come in the power of Jesus because we're saved to bring Him honor and glory. We come to hear His message, we come to hear His music, and we come to join in with the praise of the music and the preaching and all that goes on to give Him the praise, honor, and glory. That is the power of the cross. That is the power. And for those who are not saved, for those who are performers, and they come to play the guitar, they come to sing their tunes, and they come to see the faces of the people, they came for the wrong reason, and they've already received their reward. See, I come here, I would be here whether I got a paycheck or not. I come here because this is what I'm being obedient to my father. I'm being obedient to my father who has sent me to come. Why does Tammy play the piano for you guys? Because she's obedient to the Father. We come to be obedient. We didn't come here to, to please you in any way, any aspect. I come here to please my Father by doing my, my Father, by studying and preaching and doing my best. 
It's not only pleasing to the Father, but it's also pleasing to the congregation. So when you're asked to come and to speak up front, or to play or to sing, the question you need to ask yourself, because you don't know how, trust me, I have spoken for three to four, and I have now spoken in front of hundreds. You do not know how the congregation will react to the message you have. And you better be prepared. You need to be prepared to stand up there and say, I did my best for God, and I can lay my head on my pillow knowing I did my best, regardless whether the people like it or not. Because I come in the name of the Lord, I come in the name of Jesus. And so the cross, the cross, what it means to me, what has the cross done? The cross, what has the cross taken away? Number one, the cross took away your sin. Your sin, because now the Father, see, before in the Old Testament times with the, the Passover, the Passover lamb, God could not look upon you because your sin was not forgiven. It, your sin was just covered. And when the sin was just covered, God could kind of look at you on the side. But now because his son died and fully had washed us clean by the blood of Jesus, we are now, God can look fully upon us because he sees his son and all those who confess him as Christ. He don't see our past. He don't see the bad in us. He sees the redeeming quality of each one of us. So number one, what's the cross, the power of the cross? The power destroyed sin. Number two, this is my favorite one. I'm not, there's no particular order in this. Number two, this comes out of 2 Corinthians. We preach it in every sermon. And y'all just have to know me. I don't have a whole lot of time to get in this. I can explain it later. Death. God has destroyed death. Oh, death, oh, death, where is your sting? Somebody here is thinking, well, I know somebody had died. Yeah, death still affects this world. But for the person that believes in Jesus Christ, when they died, they went from this world to heaven. Just as when you went to sleep last night, you woke up in today. No different. You go to sleep in death, you wake up in heaven. It's that fast, people. It's that fast when we go. Uh, so he destroyed death. Number three, he destroyed he, all the forgiveness. Forgiveness is given to all of us. There's healing power in the cross. He destroyed worry. He destroyed fear. The cross gives us the power to do the things that we would have never thought was possible. If you would have told me 20 years ago that I would be standing up and be a preacher, I would have laughed at you. There is no, probably about 15 years ago when I was first... The first Sunday, the first Sunday church service there, you know, of course, it's Father's Day. And we're going along. We got, I had two little churches, and I got done with one. I just told Tammy, drive home. We ain't going to the second church. All oh, those people are waiting for you. I could care less. They don't know who I am. It's a funny story. I'll tell it later one day. But just go home, because I was not called to preach. Yeah, you are. Shut up. We're going to the next church. And there we are. And uh, here we are, 15 years later, still preaching. And I had to learn. I had to learn to overcome my fear. I had to learn to worry about, well, people don't like some of the things you say. Some people don't like some of those things that are in the Bible. That's not my problem. I am just being obedient to the Father. The cross gives me that power. Of course, the Holy Spirit does too. And so when we're asked to do something, when we're asked to do something, how many of us say, well, no, I don't know how to speak. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to teach little kids. I, don't, I can't do little kids. I can't, I can't, I can't. Did Jesus say, I cannot go to the cross because it's going to be painful, it's going to be tiring, it's going to hurt? Jesus overcame all of those. And we see in the garden, 
the human side of Jesus with the blood running down his forehead because he's so stressed and so nervous about what he knows coming next. Did he say, ah, sorry, I'm not going? He overcome all those things for you and me. That gives us the power to know when I am asked to take on a leadership position in the church, in my community, in my job, I can do it if I do it for Christ and Christ alone. That is the power of the cross. <clears throat> for the foolish, the foolish want praise. The foolish want to be, oh, oh preacher or oh, oh music person or whatever you are, Sunday school teacher or, or uh, uh, you know, the, like uh, Brownie does, oh, 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 you did a great job. Not that we don't deserve praise, not that we've done a good job, we don't want to be told we did a good job. We need that. But that's not the reason we do it. If it is, you've already received your reward. So here's my question to you all. Uh, Harold did a good job this morning, so I kind of had him program this morning. Anybody want to share a testimony? What has the cross done for you? What has, what has becoming a Christian changed in your life? Well, don't you love it when the preacher calls you out right up front? Especially a bunch of visitors. Who say, I don't, come in, I don't really know. No, I'm not going to do that to you. I know some people are not comfortable with that. But we need to remember, one of the things, I, I work with a bunch of other pastors and lay leaders, one of the things we need to be bring back to the church, we're not going to do it today, testimony. You know, uh, and I'll pick on Judy and Jeff just for a minute. Four years ago today, they brought this little scared girl into their home. And because that's a godly family right there, look at how good that girl is today. How blessed she is. Little Serena, God had a plan for those families to bring that family in. And, and I, we know other children the same way, other people the same way. And so that's our testimony. When we talk about sharing our faith about Christ, it's not about the theological things that we know, why Jesus died, why was it this time, you know, the Hallel, and all this other crazy stuff that I know. The testimony is, what is God doing for you today? I recognize God in my life. He has protected me from an accident in this crazy fast car I own. You know, I ride a motorcycle. You know, Lord help me how many times he's had to protect me on that thing. What is, what is, that's the testimony. That's what people need to hear today. This is what God's doing for me today. And where do we get all this from? Because when we did the Seder meal... The Seder meal still goes on with the Jews today. The Last Supper, the Holy Meal, or whatever we, we call it many different things. Depends on your faith and where you go to church at. They call it a lot of different things. The Last Supper, we'll call it. Jesus demonstrated what he was fixing to do for us. And he asked us to remember it. And why is the cross, and for our, our faith, why is the cross in the, in the church hung it up? Not so you'll focus on the music, not so you'll focus on the preacher, but as the gospel message is being preached to you, you focus on the cross. Here's another little pet pee of mine, just as funny as can be. <coughs> Excuse me. Does uh, you see so-and-so? They were playing with their cell phone in church. So-and-so didn't close their eyes while they were praying. This is adults, not children saying this, by the way. Did you see so-and-so over here? Did you see 
Well, if you were focused on Jesus, you would see nothing but Jesus. That's why the cross is here, people. It's for us to focus on. The preacher could be the bad preacher, but you've got to focus on. The choir could be singing off tune, but I'm focused on the cross. Because that's where Jesus, that's where, that's where the power comes from. When Jesus sat there and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. He was telling us shortly, he was fixing to go and to be punished for your sins and mine. But the punishment for sin was not enough. We need to eradicate, we need to get rid of that sin. Jesus says, this is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. By the dying on the cross, Jesus Christ died for your sins. I don't care what you did. What had you done wrong, Jesus paid that price already. It is the free gift. However, here's the question that you're going to go home with today. What am I going to do with that power? Christ died for me. Christ rose for me. And because of that, I get the free gift of salvation. What am I going to do with it? Because what you do with it will matter in eternity. Let us pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves and we ask you to bless this bread to be our body, to bless this juice to be the, the blood. Remind us, Lord, as we receive this grace, is that you died for us. You died and paid that price of sin, and you're looking upon us, and I don't know what everybody here has done. You know what I have done. But you don't see my past. You see me white as snow. And Lord, for that, you see all of us white as snow, dressed in white robes. And for that, Lord, we are truly thankful. And Lord, we ask you this in the power of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, real quick, got a lot of visitors here. Uh, everybody is invited to the table. Let me give the first line of our liturgy. Christ invites. Not Larry, not Glory Church, not Harold, not Jeff, not Butch, not Sue, not anybody else that you come here with today has invited you to the table of God. Only God can invite to his table, so Christ invites you, all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and who wish to live in peace with one another. The table is open to all. There's not an age requirement. There's no requirement. God's grace is available to all. But you cannot take, see this here? You cannot take God's grace. You can only receive. Come with your hands open to receive the blessing of God. I'm going to call Harold and Jeff up to do, uh, do communion. I'm going to call Butch and Sam up to do, uh, do the gluten-free and also do Miss Odell and uh, uh, Autry. And this will be the shorter line. Over here, gluten-free line would be Butch and Sam and Harold and I'll demonstrate uh, this on both of them, these two. Harold's the body of Christ broke for you. 
Jeff, the body of Christ broken for you. Tammy, the body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Jesus poured out for you. The blood of Jesus poured out for you. The blood of Jesus poured out for you. The choir will be next, and then as you're ready, come forward again. It's open to everybody, but it's not mandatory. You don't have to come. So, come now if you're ready. Thank mm-hmm. you.